this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Manichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dig at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. 600 times, I still mess up. Like the variety. Thanks. Just uh, make sure you mess up in a different way every time. I do try to do that so okay, that everybody knows that these are live reads, not uh, canned <laughs> reads. I know that because I mess them up in various ways. This, Jay, is a patron-selected episode. However, the patron decided not to join us, which is fine. You're allowed to do that. That's cool. Uh, it's Adam Rogan. He, this is his first pick with us. So congrats, Adam. And he picked an obscure record. It's not on streaming services. It's what we're here for. Not only is it not on streaming services, when I did some research, um, it only was released uh, by a UK label and they made 500 copies. Wow. That's according to what I pieced together from A, Amazon reviews, and B, you're going to love this, Jay, an Angel Fire fan page. Oh, nice. It's still there. Hasn't gone down. <laughs> I don't know what kind of voodoo Angel Fire is working on, but how is it that there are still angelfire.com sites out there that are still running? Like after the cataclysm, we'll all be dead, but Angel Fire will still be running. I mean, they have a link that says build a free website on your own Angel Fire. Like, can I go do that now? Can I go build a <laughs> Dig Me Out Angel Fire site? <laughs> Only if there's a uh, MIDI background music. So, and, and it's funny because on the front page of the very, lo-fi low craft that's the band we're talking about yeah. low craft uh it says please check out my new website for low craft http colon slash slash ping dot webspace dot delnet dot com <laughs> okay and that doesn't go anywhere so that one went down the message board that they were running that went down but all the like the band members news reviews photos discography lyrics links all still there so whoever made this thank you because this was actually quite helpful yeah no kidding uh in digging this up so i mentioned uh adam was the person who selected the album and it's by low craft their one and only album from 1999 manticore i'm gonna assume jay you are not familiar with this record lordy no do you know what a manticore is i don't but i saw that uh, term used for other album titles. I believe it's in like Dungeons and Dragons lore. It's like one of the creatures. Okay. I think that's what it is. Who knows? So neither of us heard of this record. There's, there is information out there thanks to the um, unofficial website. So this band was from Portland, Oregon. They were originally titled Absinthe for pretty obvious reasons they changed the name because first of all it's the name of an alcohol which i believe is copyrighted but there was also like another band from you know that wasn't the first person to think of absinthe for their band name right uh they changed it to lowcraft there were five members um on this record nathan kyber is the vocalist brady woodcock on guitar Keith Summers on guitar, Peter Noon, not that Peter Noon, on bass, and Billy Legrand on drums. I didn't want him to get Peter Noon from the, the Monkees. I didn't want there to be confusion there. Right. Um, the original bass player was named Clark Styles, but he wasn't in the band by the time they um, made the record. This came out on a very small indie label in the UK called Disco Volante, which I'm assuming... Well, I mean, it could have been named after the Mr. Bungle album, but then the Mr. Bungle album was named after a movie from like the 1960s. So one or the other. Yeah. It was only released there. It's a very small run of CDs. Um, 
all on, all that's on Discogs is the CD and then the promo CD, and that's it. I mean, they had some like singles out for the record, um, but that's all. I I don't know what happened after this. If you go, you can click their names on Discogs and find other things that they worked on, but nothing really popped out as like, oh, they ended up in you know the hold steady no they didn't nobody nobody <laughs> ended up in a in a bigger band that i can find however i don't know if do you want to talk about the enemy before we start or do you want to talk about it after let's talk about the end i don't want okay. to bias our review i can tell you what a manticore is though but what is it the term manticore typically refers to a legendary creature from ancient persian mythology oh uh, it has a body of a lion a human like face and a tail with poisonous spines that it can shoot at its prey. The creature is also said to have a voice that can mimic human sounds in order to lure its victims. That's a pretty badass thing. I was going to (laughs) say, sounds like a baller right there. (laughs) That's a pretty pretty rad uh, metal band name and an album cover. There has to be a band named Manticore. I got to check that because, yeah, that's such a good name. Oh, yeah, there's multiple bands called Manticore and record labels. Oh, there's a Shovels and Rope album called Manticore. And it kind of has a, uh, <gasps> a rendering of the, the beast. Jay, there is a death metal band from Euclid, Ohio. Oh. Formed in 2000, still active, called Manticore. You want to know? Here, let me give you these album titles. Ritual Cleansing of the Whore was the name of their debut. Followed by Bowels of the Unholy Anoint Us in Evil. Their third album was called For Rats and Plague. Their fourth album was called Behold the Ascension of the Excrecated. Peace. And their, their, their album out last year, Endless Scourge of Torment. Oh, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. So, um, they really went for it. And their drubber, his name is Maggot Wrangler. <laughs> I like that their drummer's name is Maggot Wrangler. I don't, you don't really need to wrangle them. They kind of, you know, they know what they're doing. Right. Um, but their, their guitar player's name is Dave Ingram. Wow. Oh, okay. Like, Low key. Why would you name your name? Why would you have your name cool like Death Ingram or? <laughs> Did you say the drummer was Maggot? What is it? Yeah, Maggot, Maggot Wrangler. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a drummer thing. You you know drummers. Come on. They they do have a Facebook page. It's Manticore six six six. If you want to go check out Manticore, we're going to talk about at the end of the show. There's only like one major review for this record. There were a lot of like Portland newspaper reviews and zines and stuff like that. But the NME. Because this was released in the UK, they did a review. However, I don't know why, but the review didn't come out until September, September 12th of 2005, which is six years after the record was released. Oh, weird. So, uh, yeah, me. We'll talk about that review uh, at the end of the show. I want to compare and contrast our reviews to bigger uh, outlets like the enemy. Rolling Stone, Spin, those kind of places. Just see where we uh, meet up and uh, also uh, don't meet up, where where we part at our uh, opinions. We got some comments over at Patreon from our patrons. We will get to the votes for where the album better EP or decent single at the end, but here's what we got. Gavin said, I'd never heard of this band, but enjoyed it. Pity it's only on YouTube as I'd like to listen to more. Discogs, here I come. We're the album. You can get, there's a couple copies on Discogs. So you can grab them. There's only one copy available in the United States. Oh my God. On Discogs. Which this I have. Is, my, uh, this is up there. Maybe one of the top five most obscure records we've done then. It right? is. It's pretty obscure. Let's put it this way. They have statistics on Discogs, like how many people have it, how many yep. people have it in their want list. 15 people have it, and three people have it in their want list. Oh, my goodness. That's not a lot. This is streaming on YouTube, by the way. 
Yeah, it's on YouTube, but it's not on any of the major services, right, as far right. as I know. But you can you can check it out for free if you want to. Right. Uh, Richard Waterman said, never heard of it, but just bought a promo copy on eBay for three English pounds, which I believe translates to... 15 bucks. <laughs> What's the exchange rate these days? I don't know. English pounds, I can't tell you. Euros, I could. Oh, that's right, because they're not in the, they're not doing the euros anymore because of Brexit. No, uh, right, England isn't. But great. Had had that not happened, I, we probably could have figured this out because euros are very close to dollars. So Adam gave us some some uh, notes that I would I'll read now that we're through our Patreon comments. Um, he said, "In true dig me out fashion, I'm going with a very obscure album. Look after so obscure and '90s that the only good source of information." But the band is on an Angel Fire website that is surprisingly still up. <laughs> he was the one that uploaded it to YouTube, by the way. So we have Adam okay. to thank for that. He also oh, provided nice. us with uh, high quality um, zips or high quality files yeah. of, uh, of the album, because I'm guessing he has it the CD. That's great. Thank uh, you. Band is from Portland, originally called Absence. They were signed to Disco Volante Records in the UK, changed their name to Lowcraft, quickly fizzled out. Um, I discovered them years ago on a random internet radio station. Internet radio stations. Oh, I miss those days. I am not from Portland, so I don't remember them during their active years. I'm curious if any of your listeners are from Portland and remember them. To me, they sound very British, like a cross between Muse and Space Hog. Yeah. It's a worthy album to me. My favorite songs being Happy in My Pants, Angel, Angel in the Snow, and Avalon. Those were, that's what he sent us. So uh, without further ado, Jay, let's get into it. Tell me one thing you liked about Manticore by Lowcraft. It's a big, layered, dramatic sound. Uh, you hear a little glam and a little bit of experimentation uh, with some of the, I guess, effects and layering that's going on. Um. I think Transcendental Meltdown is a good example for me of where it all comes together really well. Uh, grooving, you know, thick bass tone, a little fuzz on it, and then some super interesting guitar tones. Um, one sounds like, in the right channel, sounds like a, like a fuzzed out bass almost. It's a really interesting guitar tone. But then that's, which, which carries this cool, like, overtone melody throughout it and kind of stabs in and out and adds some weight. But then you've got all this jangling going on, and then there's a bed of keys under that that's really subtle. Uh, and then the singer, on top of all that, is cutting through with a really expressive style. I would say it's close to, yeah, Space Hog or Brett Anderson from Suede or sometimes Tom York. And then, you know, weaved into all this is you know, pretty accessible melody and hook, you know, it's a sing-along chorus, you know, it's easy to, at least in, you know, in that song, it's easy to grab, grasp onto what the song is, but it's presented in this really, you know, epic sounding layered band. us you see a little bit more of the david bowie maybe uh on the vocal just kind of does this high low harmony with himself bursts into a really big guitar chorus that's maybe where the you know the guitars get the biggest on the record is in that chorus uh, lots of extra keys again layered in there to help build on the sound and create a little bit of um kind of ambience and like environment almost uh and then 
I think the last thing that really, to me, holds it all together and, and makes it uh, when it really works well, really, I think is is the is the reason is some of the guitar work is is very interesting and cool, uh, especially some of the solos, which I don't know if we talk about it a lot or have the opportunity to talk about it a lot, uh, but there's some really cool solos on here. You know, Divine is one example. Angel in the Snow is another example where you can hear this steering tone, you know, very competent playing tasteful not over the top but then it's usually kind of tweaked in a interesting way either some kind of feedback effect going on or a swirling kind of broken kind of sound sometimes all kinds of different tones are used for these solos avalon has this solo section where he's doing these bends or the guitar players doing bends that like are more of a low tone and it kind of takes on this whole movement it's not just like, you know, playing high notes and feedback. It's these low bends that are really interesting and not uh, kind of unexpected. Porn Star, the last track on the record, has this like crazy spaceship sounding section of the solo. And then it flips to this trippy strat tone that's real, almost raw sounding with the tone knob kind of cranked down. You get a lot of overtone on it, but you can tell it's like a strat. There's a lot of cool guitar stuff here if you put on the headphones and, and spend a little time listening to what's going on. Uh, you know, there's a lot of layers, so it doesn't necessarily punch you in the face right away. What's going on guitar wise. But if you spend a little time with it and really focus in on some of the, the guitar work, it's pretty impressive and distinctive, I think. So that's some of the stuff that worked for me or worked for you. Being completely uh, confused by the album cover is what worked for me. Cause I thought when I looked at this album cover, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be like everything but the girl or something or, <laughs> okay. or some sort of like twee indie with the, with the lowercase fonts and the, and the, <laughs> you know, it does not look like what this sounds like, which it, I don't remember. I don't think we've covered anything that gets this close to glam beyond suede. Right. Like this to me, when people talk about glam in, in like modern versions of it, this is probably as close to anybody's gotten. I hear T-Rex. There's like Mark Bolin-esque stuff happening here. You mentioned Bowie, Suede, like those sorts of artists. It's such an interesting combination. But then like the first song, when that first song starts, Inch Away From Heaven, it almost sounds like it's going to be like the verve or something like we're getting into like that building yeah slow build kind of thing and then it busts into this the, i don't know how you get a glam guitar tone or yeah. what what how you play glam on a guitar <laughs> but this guy does it like yeah. just from the way his his playing his bends his chord choices his voicings it's so on point with all of that sound and it's a really good, I think, record in terms of front to back, putting it on, throwing, and you said, like, this is a very much a headphone record because there's a weird thing happening over here that's sort of subtle. But then on this ear, you've got this cool guitar tone. Like you said, there's like so many cool leads and solos that are not traditional. Like, yeah, they're soaring, and yeah, there's like not total chaos. But there is like weird, um, I think is it might be porn star or Avalon like has like a uh, what's that effect pedal where it, like it it gives you a harmony, but mm -hmm. it like the harmony is so high it like it's like screeching, so when you do those like big bends it's like it sounds like an aircraft is like yeah <laughs> it's so cool.
the guitar player, I don't know which of the two guitar players it is, but maybe it's both of them trading back and forth. I just, it's so well-crafted in terms of all the interesting guitar stuff, plus the extra little layers that you mentioned with like keys and, and really interesting bass tones. Like the mm. bass isn't in your face in terms of playing, but in terms of like fuzz and, and just even like heaviness. It's a really good mix. And I couldn't even find out. I couldn't figure out who even produced this because um, it's not listed on Discogs, which is rare. Yep. And the CD case appears to be one page with just the band name and like copyright and that's it. So there's like, there's no, there's so little information about this. It's wild, but this does not sound like, like a, like a indie band recording. Like if you told me that this came out, if you said this came out in 1999 and I listened to it, I'm like, okay, this is probably out on like, you know, whatever, whatever, what was Radiohead on at the time? Like I could see this band yeah on a major label you know what i mean i thought this was uh when i listened to it i was like oh okay this is probably a late 90s like post okay computer major label signing yeah you know there was that whole there was a there was a batch of bands that got deals after that they kind of were doing that sort of thing not that's it, it just felt like okay this is probably some major threw some money at this band just based on the, the production alone Right. Uh, and that's not the case. I mean, they recorded it in London, even they were even though they were from Portland because they signed with a UK label, they went to the UK to record it. So I don't know where it was or who did it, but good job because it's such a complete sound. It's wild that this is like the debut album by a bunch of guys from Portland. If basically if you if you look at this album and go, it's the debut album from from um, five guys from Portland. You go, okay, well, it's probably going to be like indie rock, lo-fi. Right. Not like a glam rock uh, influenced British sound that I'm just like completely caught off guard by. Um, yeah, I have can't get my head around the, this band being from Portland. That part does not compute to me. No, it... it <laughs> Not and not just because of the the sound, but like uh, Nathan Kyber's vocals sound like right. I mean, he sounds British, right? <laughs> yes, way more than Billy Joel Armstrong sounds R- British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is this is when people talk about like placebo being glam. Like I mm-hmm. see that in the way that Brian Molko like dresses. Yeah, but the band isn't necessarily glam. Like right. maybe his lyrics are edgy and and provoking but a lot of that is just rock or indie rock or whatever you want to call it whereas this actually captures the the musical end of it so that was cool yeah i appreciate that yeah to me glam doesn't have much anger in it and angst and uh right typically i think placebo has some of that so when I think of glam, I think of like bands where that's taken out. Maybe there's some snark or some irony or something, but it's done with this like softer kind of wink and um, it's not as in your face in that way, in that type of aggression. It's a different type of aggression. I know people mention like Roxy Music and Brian Ferry as being glam, but I never think of them as being like big in their sound. No. It's a much no. more refined, much more tempered yeah. approach whereas and even this is even you know uh, i mentioned t-rex earlier those are and, and in actuality a lot of that stuff is especially when you get into like the electric warrior and and um that stuff they're very concise like his riffs are very sim- not simple but they're very condensed when you think about like you know 20th century boy that's one of their I mean, that's just, just just a one basic riff. I mean, it's it's not that hard of a song. That's why a million people cover it because it's like rocking in the free world. It's just you're just playing an E minor <laughs> a lot, so it's like not that hard to figure out. Whereas these have, I mean, some of these songs, yeah, they they go on for a couple of minutes, you know, but they also have a lot of parts. 
Um, there's a lot of breakdowns, a lot of like pre-chorus builds and extra sections. It is not a short record in that regard, which isn't a bad thing. I know I look sometimes like crap on long records. It's not as simple as some of the glam that maybe people are familiar. That's where I think of like the Bowie influence because some of that Bowie stuff in the 70s is like, it gets really weird in terms of structures and arrangements, especially the Berlin albums. Yeah. So the, really the only comparison I make, and I, and I think on the guitar end too, is like early suede, especially with Bernard um, Sumner, like those guitar oriented suede records. Bernard Butler, have, you mean? Bernard Butler, not Bernard. Yep. Um, get all the Bernards mixed up. Bernard Shaw, <laughs> I mean, from CNN. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's a badass guitar player. You, you, you don't know it, but yeah, he is. Like that's the closest I can get to this is and and this even has a little bit more beef in the guitars than suede. Yeah. Yes. For sure. What doesn't work for you on the record? I mean the the sound uh I, I guess the overall it's a little I guess I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Maybe soft. And what I mean by that is the tempos, man, it's it's all real slow. Uh, when they even get a little bit picked up, play a part in like double time, it's exciting because a lot of this stuff is is it, they're slow songs. Um, mm-hmm. So you're kind of stuck in this this one rhythm and one tempo for most of the record. They do vary it slightly, and that makes a huge difference. I think that's why I respond so well to Transcendental Meltdown is because that has a different, slightly faster tempo and just a, like a brighter kind of chord feel tone and groove to it. Uh, but you get through, you know, huge portions of this record where it's just like every song is the same tempo. And the other part that makes it to me, I guess, soft is the the layering while i think it's very cool when you give it your focus when you don't give it your focus you just kind of like nothing jumps out it mm-hmm. just blends together and feels a little vanilla it really takes uh for me to shift my brain into like okay i'm going to listen to like what's going on with this guitar okay yeah that's super cool i didn't even hear that before um mm-hmm. So there's long portions of this record where I'm just struggling to for something to reach out and grab me. It's it's kind of just flat and a little soft and murky. The other thing I would say, there's two more things. One, I like the singer. He oversings some on this record. I think there's some stuff going on here that's to the point where he's actually fighting the melody or it's becoming more difficult to grab onto the melody because he's doing so much vocal movement that just, it's just another layer of like making a little too hard or harder than it needs to be sometimes to just sell the song. I like the emotion. I just think there's some songs on here where he goes a step over and it becomes like distracting. And yeah. And then the last thing would just be it's a long record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm struggling a little bit because there's quite a few songs here that have endings that go on a little too long. They get into the songs fairly quickly. Like they do this formula where there's like a false intro almost. The song will start one way, they'll do that for like 20 seconds and then they'll switch and actually come into the song. Mm-hmm. The vocals usually coming in pretty quick. So that could be a little more compact. I'm not sure if those intros need to be there. And then some of the endings are a minute or more longer than they need to be. And I'm struggling a little bit because some of them, there's some cool stuff actually going on. And some of those endings, like one of us is a good example where I'm enjoying some of it, some of the sounds, but from a song standpoint, the other half of my brain is like, okay, like the song's on, done, let's wrap it up. Uh, it's almost like the experimental side of the band isn't pushing 
enough to warrant the length and the slow tempos yeah uh on this record i, I think if you're going to go this slow and you're going to go this layered uh and drag things out a bit and long you really need to do some you need to push the boundaries you need to do some weird shit that just kind of reaches out and grabs you by the ear you know uh a couple times in this record to 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 shake you awake and say hey you didn't expect that check this out that doesn't happen enough on this record so uh that's that's some of the some of the stuff didn't work for me how about you you talked about the glam influence the people like t-rex and bowie and they were able to get it done in 44 minutes this album would be tremendously better if they trimmed just trim the songs like you mentioned one of us there's a full minute of just noodling at the end of that song basically yep doesn't need to be there i bet you could take of these 12 songs i bet you could take a minute off of every song and get it down to, and then you're at 50 or you're at 45 minutes you're 45 yeah. minutes you don't have to get rid of any songs but man there's a lot of fat on these songs there's a lot of like very like laid back in terms yeah. of the uh how concise they were going to be i think I, I really like Nathan Kyber's tone, like the sound of his voice, yeah. Yeah. but sometimes it's so much about the performance of the voice mm -hmm. that the melody kind of, like you said, gets lost and there aren't a huge amount of like memorable hooks. There's some, there's some good stuff. I remember some lines here and there, yeah. like I just needed one of those killer hooks uh, here or there to really nail it and you're right i mean whoo tempo wise you get a you get a close to mid tempo but for the most part it's it's that very you know draggy slow tempo um which when you're the verve you, you can do that because it's expected because you're making it like a, a trippy shoegaze record yeah um so you're going to be slow but if like glam should have some energy, it should give you a little kick too. It's yeah. uh, it's as much uh, you know, this as it is like Suffragette City, or um, you know, up more up tempo songs. Yep. Just I just could have used like just one or two two and a half minute rippers, like that can be glam that can have that style, but just bring a little more energy to it yeah that would have made it a killer record um have a couple stompers on here yeah yeah or, just... or i mean if you i think you're hitting on where i started with this band being a little glam and a little experimental i think you could also say maybe shoegaze instead of experimental mm -hmm. but like pick one of those two maybe I mean, right. I like, I always, you know, I love bands that try to walk the middle because right? Right. sometimes it creates stuff that's super special that isn't commercially successful, but I enjoy quite a bit. This is a case where I think this band is, this album is more successful if they just committed one way or the other a little bit more. If you're going to go with this set of songs and you're not going to write stuff that's some tempo, then you're going to have to get a little weirder and get trippier um or <laughs> insert a couple tunes in here that are more in the vein of transcendental meltdown where 
you know? Yeah. It's kicking things up a little bit. Or if you're going to go slow, you got to have like a, like a, an all the young dudes kind of chorus. You know yep. what I mean? Like yep. it's got to be super hooky, simple and memorable. And that's what, that's how you can get away with that. Yeah. But, um, but they're not Mata Hoople. <laughs> <laughs> they are not. No. Um, the other band that I thought of came up a little bit was Manson. Sometimes there's some Manson when they got into the dreamy end of things, when they weren't being super weird. Could well, get into the space. Yeah. Another band from not from America. Let's put it yes, that way. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think we've mentioned a single band from America and talking about this band. No. They're, and they're all from funny. England. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's funny because um, I want to bring up that NME review before we get to our, yeah. our final. Because the NME wrote about this a couple of years after it came out. I'm just going to read the review because I read this review and I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So here we go. You may have felt this way before lethargically channel hopping one hot summer's afternoon, sipping on a cold drink. You find yourself strangely transfixed by a bowls tournament on BBC two. Amazing. Really the precision and skill involved in the game. It's quite a craft. You have to admit, Hmm, maybe some low, low craft is in order because honestly, there are some talented musicians out there in Portland, Oregon. They know their Pearl Jam sound songbook back to front. And what the best album ever is, OK Computer, of course. They flirt with androgyny. And so when on this seductively sumptuous inch away from heaven, pretty Nathan Kyber sings, I feel completely bored. You're bored with him, not at him. And the same goes for Manticore's other 11 windswept slow rock anthems. All hail the art of compromise rock. You may have liked sports metal once, but now you need something more intelligent. Scared to sell out your metal principles, you justify moving in with Lowcraft at Sood's corner on the basis that they have loud guitars. Cover features a lank-haired man in a long coat staring into a mirror. Hang up your shorts, he seems to say. I'm sensitive, you know. It's all very sad, of course, but don't worry. By the end of your first term at college, you'll be shagging in heaven with Fatboy Slim and Lowcraft will just be a forgotten nightmare. Four out of 10. I'm so, that was in a, that was in an actual magazine. Yeah. What does Pearl Jam have to do with this? I don't know. Pearl Jam songbook? This is why I never (laughs) read these album review they turn into like just having nothing to do with the music it's like all a bunch of stereotypes and like rantings about subcultures and stereotypes that this guy has on his head like all hail the art of compromise rock compromise in 1999 this could not be less (laughs) compromise I don't understand that. This is this is a band well, saying we're doing something that's so out of step with the mainstream. Yeah. If they were compromising, they would have been making, you know, Godsmack and Limp Biscuit and Nickelback well, songs. What is he talking about with he says sports metal? Yeah, so you may in, have like sports metal like, once, but now you need something more quote unquote intelligent. This band or fans of this band are like moving between sports metal into this type of thing now. It, what the what is sports metal? Is that like I was assuming it was some sort of like riff on new metal. It's 99. Maybe. But those fans are not becoming fans of this type of band uh, I, that, that, that I never think of metal when it comes to sports i think of like jock jams <laughs> um if, just, if that's what he meant that never happened no that didn't any, happen any fans of metal necessarily or there's no authored by the way it just says by the enemy so they, yeah. they were too cowardly to put their name on it uh but yeah i just th- this was just such a bad review it's it's almost you almost can't follow it because it's so all over the place in terms of what it's talking about. 
But then the, the comparisons are just awful. What does Pearl Jam have to do with Portland? They know their Pearl Jam, Jam songbook but back to front. What does that mean? Is he implying that they're copying Pearl Jam songs? I don't know. I mean, if Maybe. anything, this is closer to like more subdued Mother Love Bone. I, I, I guess. <laughs> If you've never listened to rock music before, I mean, maybe you get to that. But I mean, in terms of like having a little bit of a glam edge and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I'm just saying, like, there's less Pearl right. Jam in here than than there is. Yeah, I just I, there's I, exactly zero percent Pearl Jam in this record. Right, right. Uh, so anyway, that's the, that was the enemy's take. The only major uh, outlet to give this uh, album a a look see, and they they botched it let's just be honest so we will um we'll continue to do this because not every record has been written up shockingly that we review um right so when they are uh if there's an interesting comparison to be made you know maybe maybe they are praising it and we're not in love with it or i'm hoping to see like context of the time that maybe has changed i mean maybe maybe this enemy is reviews an example of that of when you when you step away from whenever the time this was reviewed and what was going on in the world and look at the bigger picture as we hopefully are doing here Mm -hmm. those reviews seem a little silly um yes so uh let's give our reviews for this and then i'll share our patrons uh poll uh, when we're done, Jay, where do you land? Were the album better EP or decent single? I'm landing at an EP. I think you can make the case it probably is a 70s album. Uh, Inch Away from Heaven, One of Us, All the Rage, tr- Transcendental Meltdown, Happy in My Pants, which is a terrible song title. Mm-hmm. Lyrics have nothing to do with that. Angel in the Snow, Avalon, and Porn Star would be my EP. Um, Kind of, I think I'm trimming a lot of the slower, yes, safer material. Safer meaning like uninteresting, less interesting material that probably still comes out at I'm I would bet over 40 minutes, even at that, even down to those what eight songs, seven or eight songs. Where are you at? I'm at a 10 song album plus taking a minute off of a bunch of tracks. Uh, I would dump Strong Wind and Tree Mantra. Right there, I'm losing 10 minutes. Wow. So I'm down to 47 minutes. Yeah. Just with those two songs. There are at least four songs. I could lose another minute. And then we're yep. at a 70s album. So I'm at 10 songs plus a little, a little editing on the indulgences. And that gets us to a, to a worthy album. Over at Patreon, we're the album 100%. 100. This went over well with the patron community because they were probably as shocked as us. They looked at that album cover and go, (laughs) "Uh, this was recorded on a four track. I kind of like the album cover. It just, it doesn't fit the band is what I'm saying. Like, I I don't Uh, No, this, this to me. It's not too far from a suede album cover. But that that font to me does not look glammy. Yeah, the font's off. But the photo, I want more has a like, little bit of a quirky English vibe going on. Yeah, but if you look at the the suede covers, those yeah, are provocative yeah, yeah. covers. Yeah, well, it's missing that part. Yeah, it, it <laughs> the image in the mirror can't be the back of the head. It has to be something else. Right. Or there should be a line of blow on that Bible. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would indicate to me that, oh, this might be a dangerous record. Yeah. Has anybody ever done that? I wonder if anybody's ever done that on a record. I'm sure they have. Blackie Lawless before he went to... Uh, <laughs> Christian. Yeah. He probably was... Whatever the hell he is. Uh, I, at a glance, I'm, I'm just saying at a glance, it's not like, oh my God, what is this? Yes. on further 
now the listening to the record, I'm, I agree with you on the type. And then it could go a little further than it does to get you to the glam. Yeah. I mean, I don't need like, you know, a completely retro look. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's, let's use some upper cl- or um, some, uh, yeah, uppercase at least. Glam demands uppercase. It does. <laughs> and it shouldn't be, and, I, and I'm going to say this, uh, it should not be a, a, a serif font. It should be a sans serif font, preferably like hand-drawn. Is that okay? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I only have it small. I think it might even be like a typewriter. It, it looks like ish like, look which it should it's not be. times new roman but it's like that. close yeah. like garamond or uh or uh one of those yeah. one of the ones when there was when you used to have microsoft word and there were like eight choices back in the back in the 90s and with an album titled manicore i mean come on right think you about what you could be have done with that. that in lowercase where's the where's our <laughs> lion man with the with the with the uh, shooting spikes shoots, shooting spikes you had that opportunity with this album <laughs> title and you chose to do the back of a guy's head. Let's uh, see is, in the mirror. Could have been a manicure. Who is the guy for 4AD? Oliver, uh, what's his name? Uh, this guy, Vaughn Oliver. Yeah. This, the, uh, this, that, this would make him cry how bad this is. Vaughn Don't you Oliver. think though, he's looking into a mirror instead of seeing the back of his head. Should he be looking back at a manicure? Yes. <laughs> How awesome would that be? That would be a scorpion's album. There's a manicure inside of all of us. How is that? And I would make that a lyric. Inside <laughs> of you, inside of me, a manticore. <laughs> and it does dream of better days. <laughs> uh, manticore. I'm going to write that. Um, by the way, and, and send it to Tenacious D. There you go. <laughs> I, think, I, I think Kyle and uh, and Jack are are probably going to reject that one <laughs> pretty quick. Uh, well, patrons have spoken. Where the album, and uh, hopefully, uh, Adam's cool with that. That was a, a resounding uh, positive uh, feedback from the patrons, and uh, and from me, and from you. Well, you had you went EP, but I, I can understand yeah. going EP because there's a lot to. Uh, I was only a couple songs away from an EP myself. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're putting handing me a a record that's an hour long, it's gonna be tough sledding getting to a full to a worthy album. That's just a lot of that's a lot of time to fill. Yep. We need to thank Adam Rogan for bringing this record to us. This is a very cool find. Unlike pretty much anything we've talked about in the in uh, recent years, so I don't when, I don't remember what that suede record was. That was many years ago that we talked about suede. Uh, probably I'm gonna guess like 2008, maybe 2000. No, not 2008. I mean 2018, 17, somewhere in there, maybe. Probably it has to have been at least five or six years since Let we did that record up here. Episode 264 would have been. February 2nd, 2016. 2016. Yep. Dogman Star. Dogman Star. And there's not... Suede's one of those bands that not a lot of other bands sound like. Oh, yeah. That's true. I know they get lumped in with a bunch of other bands, but really, when you listen to them, they don't sound like those other bands. Nope. No, nobody's gotten. I don't think anybody sounds close to them. Unless you're lazy and you're right friend of me, and then right. you might think they sound like Limp Biscuit for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you would like to be like Adam and suggest an album, you can join us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Become a union member. We got all sorts of uh, tiers that you can join, including voting in polls like this one also voting in our monthly tournaments where 27 albums spread over three weeks have a semi-final and then our final is six albums two from each poll 
and one is chosen, all decided by our patrons, by voting and by anyone who suggests an album over at digmeoutpodcast.com. That's where you get that's where you go to suggest the albums that end up in our tournaments. Drop your name, drop some information about the record, the album title, the artist, that kind of stuff. And you can sign up for the box newsletter, which is our weekly newsletter that comes out each weekend. Two new reviews or two reviews of new uh, 80s, 90s, and aughts relevant music, books, documentaries, TV shows, anything else you can think of, web series, uh, perhaps a, a TikTok video. We'll review TikTok videos. That's fine. Whatever gets the clicks for the kids these days. We'll do memes. We'll do, uh, we'll do ice bucket challenges. <laughs> Hot sauces. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about, we got to get that hot sauce challenge going. <laughs> We're not trying to rip off anybody, by the way. We came up with the idea of eating uh, hot food and talking at the same time. <laughs> right. That was our idea. That was our idea many years ago before the internet and recording devices. Um, lastly, Apple Podcasts is where you go to leave positive feedback uh, for the podcast. So for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. <laughs> <laughs>